0: Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect.
1: And this is User Friendly 2.0. Got a great show for you this week. Got an interview. Steve's gonna come on and talk to Joe Ness. Now he's an interesting individual. He works for the Pepper Mill Hotel and Casino in Reno, Nevada. And if you've ever been to the pepper mill, you might have noticed that they've got these giant video walls of beautiful scenes all over the world. And What a job. Someone's got to go and take those pictures, and this is the guy that does it. So he's going to be on telling us a little bit about how that kind of production works, where he's been, what he's done, and, you know, I I don't know, idea in life. Jeremy Gretchen, welcome. What would you think about being paid to go around the world and take beautiful pictures?
2: Oh, that is something I would never, ever, ever do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think it would be awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah, talk about taking one for the team. We're also yeah, going to have sarcasm, a Yeah, sarcasm. Yeah,
2: yep. No, that would be a great job. Go around the world and, and see all these things and then take pictures of them. And then, you know, I was like, well, is this one good enough? Oh, no, I need to take a few more, you know.
1: Yep. Not to mention I've seen these pictures and they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He, oh, he does, a, he does an excellent job. And, you know, I, I just see something like that as being a lot of fun. But we'll learn about it. We're also going to have a Q&A with Steve this week. You've been sending in a lot of questions about some of his interviews. So he's going to come on the air with us today and answer some of them. So that'll be kind of fun. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll learn a little bit about what goes into all of these different things. One of the biggest questions is, how do you meet all these people? I want to learn about that. I'll tell you what. I think that would be great. So go from there. But continue to send us your questions, your comments. We use them to program. We use them for the news. We use them for the Q&A. The way you do that is on social media, one user-friendly on Facebook or Twitter, or give us a call, 503-766-6264. That number is answered 24-7, so you can leave your message and then somebody will listen to it and we could even put you on the air if you want to be. The other thing to do is to program your Alexa for our flash briefing. Just add the user-friendly 2.0 flash briefing Alexa skill to your app and you'll get the latest in technology news.
0: Fisher Roofing, your local residential and commercial roofing company. Now hiring honest, hardworking individuals at www.fisherroof.com. And what's in the news this week? Well, the original Star
1: Trek series launched 54 years ago this week. Yeah, isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that kind of weird to think how long that was? Yeah, Yeah, really. And it's still, you know, you watch
0: those. And it's still really quality. The writing was good. And um, the set design was creative, you know, and they worked really hard on that. And
1: I don't know, I just, I have a great appreciation for it. I think it's kind of fun. It is a show that is worth watching in 4K. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because when you do, you can see a lot of details about the set that you'll never have seen before. But they were able to upscale it and, um, you know, be able to show us kind of things that you wouldn't see otherwise because it was done on film and not tape.
2: Yeah, you could see all kinds of details in the costumes oh, yeah. and the sets. The lighting was amazing,
0: and, and then it was probably I was kept looking at Leonard Nimoy's face, and I think he's got a, a a scar either on his his jawline or his neck. And I keep looking at that, you know. And then there's details like uh, makeup on Shatner's face, and and the hairstyles on Uhura, you know, and how they've changed
1: it. And She's Chekhov. got slight
0: highlights. Oh, and Chekhov's, Chekhov's hair.
1: Chekhov's hair. Oh, oh my. my goodness. <laughs> no, it definitely like, definitely, a <laughs> definitely yeah, worth seeing yeah. it again. Originally aired on September 8th of 1966 and um, ran for, I think, three years.
2: Yes, and
1: yeah. uh, that was it after that, but really spawned a, a, a great franchise and something that we still have today. Mm-hmm. Battery free Game Boy runs forever. So, in a topic that shows how much energy we use playing video games, uh-huh. uh, this is kind of interesting. So, it gets power. Uh, some uh, classic ways like solar cells, but also off of button pushing.
3: So the, oh.
2: more, the more buttons you push, the more power it gets?
1: Yeah. So as you're doing that, it actually has a way to convert that energy into power so you never have a battery run out.
0: That's kind of cool.
1: It's, uh, was- you know It's a proof of concept idea. It's not something I think we'll ever actually see on the market. But it does go to show how you can have something that doesn't require changing a battery. T-Mobile gives free
0: internet to 10 million students.
1: So many students all over the country are distance learning. A lot of the school districts have a hybrid model that brings students in a little bit, but there still is a lot of online learning going on. And to do this properly requires bandwidth. And not everybody has a good internet connection. Frankly, not everybody has an internet connection. So Mm -hmm. T-Mobile is giving back a little bit here by providing free internet to up to 10 million students for the use of remote learning, research, and anything that goes along with that. And they haven't talked about exactly when this is going to end, but it is a, a, something that's out there. So if you find yourself in need of internet access for doing remote learning for your children or anything like that, check out T-Mobile. Telemate exposes prisoners' data. This one is kind of interesting because what they're talking about here, Telemate is a company that handles communications for people in jail, inmates and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And any communication into or out of a prison is monitored. So Telemate does the monitoring, and as a result of that, they have a lot of personal information, personally identifiable things, that kind of stuff. And their system got hacked, and it's left a lot of inmates' content data exposed online. And it looks like what happened is, is they had an unsecured database that was put on the internet somehow, and it just had all this information in it for anybody that could access if they knew how to get to it. And, you know, it's something where you have to look at. It's important to keep everybody's security, you know, respected. Everybody's information, because the prisoners on being one end of it, but also the people that they're talking to and all of that kind of thing was in there. And this is not the first time that Telemate has had a problem with this type of thing. They've had a lot of controversy over the years, price gouging and other things. It's just, a, it's it's been a mess. And this is kind of something to show where no matter what industry you're in, it's important to keep your data secure.
0: Las Vegas School District hack.
1: Yeah, speaking of data problems, the Las Vegas School District is Clark County in Nevada is where Las Vegas is. And the school district there is reporting a hack. It looks like a ransomware type scenario. And they got ransomware into the computers. And as a result of that, it has blocked uh, access to key programs. Clark County is not Released any information on whether data actually got exposed or if it's just taken the network down and they weren't able to work with it, but again, this is one of those type of situations where you really uh, uh want to make sure your backups are correct, and these kind of problems are a little bit out of the hands normally of the individual end user as users on the network security it's a good idea don't open links and emails that you don't know where they came from, some stuff like that can be used to avoid getting ransomware and malware and viruses within your office network, but it's starting to become more and more a situation where a lot of this is happening due to misconfigured security protocols or even done right, but keeping the idea together that the lock on your network is kind of like the lock on your front door. It Even a good one, there's somebody somewhere that can get around it. And I think that's one of the problems that IT is facing today in a lot of these different security situations. And when you're looking at something like this that involves our kids' information, school records, private things like that, even if it just prevents them from being able to work in this time of COVID where people are distance learning, it can create a major problem. So it's important to keep these things in mind. It's important to know what's going on. But just remember, if you're on remotely to your network or even if you're back at the office, if you see an email come in that you don't recognize, be suspicious of it. Don't open anything in it. And to the IT departments and everything out there, I think now would be a good time to recheck your firewalls.
2: Former IT director gets jail time for selling hardware on eBay.
1: Yeah. So this is interesting because a lot of big companies, in fact, companies that I've worked for in the past, will give away a lot of their old tech to employees or whatever. And uh, you're able to take that and kind of use it for yourself or do what you want with it. But not so with the United States government. This story is an IT director that was selling the government Cisco gear on eBay and got caught doing it.
2: Well, yeah, from the article, it seems kind of weird that you would... I mean, you know, I could see ordering bulk stuff, but then not ever putting it in service and just trying to sell it on eBay.
1: That seems kind of weird. Yeah, that was the next step of this is the fact that it wasn't even used equipment. It was he would order parts, uh, take possession of them, tell the staff that he was going to go take care of the installation on his own, Nobody would ask any questions. However, the switch never got onto the network, and they were sold to people on eBay and other places. So uh, the uh, FBI got involved. They've tracked nine of the 41 missing Cisco switches. Wow. And the location of the rest knows unknown, but it's definitely enough to where they were able to file charges and, uh, and, and, and do this. And I know that a lot of bigger companies face these kind of problems. It's just something that's out there and it's something that you want to be, you know, think about if you're dealing with a business IT department, the uh, restitution that he was ordered to pay came to uh, over $345,000. This type of equipment is expensive, which is why this happened. And it's also easy to sell because in a lot of cases you're dealing with smaller things, smaller physical pieces. So being able to mail them somewhere makes it a lot easier than something that's bulky. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is user friendly 2.0. Remember to send us your questions in your comments. Our phone number is 503-766-6264. And speaking of numbers, I'll give you another one, 49. That's the number of days until Halloween this year. (laughs) 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 So it's coming right up and around the corner. And like everything else in 2020 proves to be a very different uh, method, I think uh, would be the best way to put that of what we're going to do. And going out and doing trick-or-treating or participating in Halloween parties safely is going to be very important this year. We're already seeing a lot of places are canceling trick-or-treating, so I don't know where this is actually going to be when we get into October. Los Angeles just announced it won't be allowed this year, as for example. So we'll have to see what happens. And from a safety standpoint, we'll most likely be still dealing with COVID-19. So if you have a Halloween party, keep it small social distancing, all that kind of things. But there are th- some things you can do with your costumes that will make yeah. this a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, everything's got to have a mask. I mean, you can make a mask into just about any costume.
3: Yeah.
1: So, Jeremy, you had come up with this. One of the cosplays that we do at Comic-Cons, and actually we're able to do at the beginning of this year before everything shut down, is Wizards. Yes. And you've been working on incorporating a mask into that costume.
2: Yes, actually, it, they're 99% done. Uh the idea is that it's it's basically a fabric covering that's that's mask shaped, but on the mask I put the beard and the mustache. So we're <laughs> gonna have bearded bearded wizards, but it's gonna be a mask, you know, so that we can go to an so event. It fit, and it's, it, so
0: it fits in with the costume. So it yeah, be creative. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think the same thing, people can probably do that with other ways of celebrating Halloween if it's one of your favorite holidays. Uh, it looks like, um, at Home Depot and, um, Walmart are starting to put out their Halloween stuff mm-hmm. and probably Michael's as well. Spirit Halloween is actually
2: putting out their stores. They okay. said they weren't gonna, but they are. So, so you
0: could decorate your home, you know, yep. with the lights or the big, scary skeleton that mm-hmm. you showed me a picture
2: yeah, of 12
1: foot tall skeleton. Yeah. Home Depot. <laughs> no, I think that's going to be one of my focuses this year is, is de- decorating because, You know, it is somewhat limited in what you can do. And usually we go down to our local town and participate in this big Halloween thing that the different stores put together and that type of thing. And it looks like that's been canceled this year. So it's a little bit of a bummer. But again, there are ways to be able to party safely. You just have to take some common sense steps. And like Jeremy was saying with the masks, Mm -hmm. I also think if you're designing a costume, it's okay to let people know that there is a mask on under under what you're wearing. Because a big part of this is for people to know that you're taking the safety of all of this seriously, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's not going to take away from things too much. If you have the mask too hidden, people won't know that you're wearing a mask and then it kind of, uh, that's an area that you do want to be able to communicate. But that being said, there's a lot of different ideas out there. Any mask costume, you can add a, a breathing mask to. And uh, promoting the Star Wars dark side, most of those characters already have respirators of some kind. So it's uh, possible. It would be very easy to deal with that type of a thing.
0: I think it would look very comedic to have a a, a mask on top of my
1: Darth Nihilus.
0: Yes. yeah, That would look really weird.
1: (laughs) So both of you, I understand, are making costumes of some kind. I don't know if they're for Halloween specifically, but tell us how that project's going.
2: Um. Well, the, my Halloween costume this year, I think, is going to be one of those inflatable ones. I found, mean, yeah. I found a really cool inflatable costume, so I don't know how, how that's going to work uh, with air in and out, but I think I can filter it and wear a mask on the inside, but I think that'll be kind of cool. But otherwise, it's usually Star Wars stuff, and the Mandalorians, you wear a helmet, and it's so easy to put any kind of a breathing mask on underneath that.
0: Yeah, and then, um, so we're, we're still working on my Mandalorian mm-hmm. costume. And then I have my uh, elf archer, which I could always just tie uh, like a scarf type thing around my face, and you know
1: that. Yeah, because now, and that's an interesting point because you're probably not going to want to wear a beard. No, just you know, (laughs) just thinking, right? So, (laughs) not 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 planning to have a
0: beard. (laughs) I am not. Part of Barnum and, and Bailey, what is it? Barnum, Barnum and Bailey's,
1: Bailey's,
2: you know, <laughs> yeah. weirdo circus or yeah.
0: <laughs> sideshow. I am not the bearded lady.
1: <laughs> no, but but the point being is there's still other ways to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like you say, using a, a wrap or a scarf for that type of a thing.
0: And there's really, like, you could go as a ninja. Yep. Uh, there's so you. many. There's so many potential costumes, or ones with helmets. Go as a doctor this year. Are you yeah. fine. Yeah, doctor or nurse. Yeah. <laughs> the you
2: know, CDC guy in a in a full body hazmat suit. You'd be great.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting to talk about this too because one of the questions we get asked a lot is when we think that conventions are going to be coming back, and I think they eventually will. It's just going to be a matter of when things are safe. But this is an interesting new technology that's out there that they're coming up with a system that's being prototyped in a couple of different places where they're able to, on the HVAC, which is the system that does the air conditioning and heat within Mm -hmm. these bigger places, be able to actually sterilize the air as it's going through the system. So instead of being in a box where there's a lot of concern now about the spread of disease, your same box or convention room that you're in would actually have air that's being cleaned as it's being recycled. And whether or not this is actually going to work is still being looked at. But I know that next year there's a number of shows like home shows and that type of a thing where they're talking about using this technology. And the game developers conference next year is talking about a hybrid model. And we're looking at maybe having a similar technology down in California where they hold the event. So I think some steps are being made. And right now, what's in media is about a lot of different things that are going on in the world, but they're still working on this. And it is something that as it's being taken seriously, there will be a point. Or we can all safely get back together in groups again. It's just a matter of getting there and being innovative.
0: Yeah, it's, it's part of the innovation. You know, uh, what is it? Mother, uh, I can't even say that. You know what I'm Yeah, necessity
2: about. is the mother of invention. There we go. Yeah, that's the one you're looking have for. Something. now's <laughs> yeah, a good time to invent it because there's a need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, if you can no. invent something that sterilizes things without having to touch it, go do
1: it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like, uh, like those lights. Yeah, the IR the lights.
1: lights. Yeah. We've been ta- we have been talked about this a few weeks ago, but they are saying that the whole COVID thing has pushed remote everything, mm-hmm. everything ahead uh, by about of five years at least. And now it's looking like even a little bit more because all of the research and development that these companies were using for other things are now being focused on that. And it's going to be a big change. I think we're going to see some permanent changes coming out of it, but I do think we will eventually get our conventions back. So fear not. It's just a matter of getting through it and getting to that time. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is user friendly 2.0. This is the section of the show where you get to ask your questions and We try to answer them. And joining me today, Steve, welcome. Hey, guys. So you have been doing a number of interviews and presentations over the last couple of weeks. And with that, we've gotten in a number of listener questions. So we wanted to ask you some of these and see what you what you think.
4: Yes, please. Please.
1: All right, Gretchen, I think you got a copy of the questions in front of you. Why don't you go ahead and
0: proceed? Okay, our first lesson- listener question is, how do you meet all of the people that you meet in the acting world?
4: Wow. Um, the answer to that is it probably is varied as the different projects I've been involved in. Um, in, in some of the ones that I've done, I've actually been a, a hired cameraman or a hired editor by a producer. Who was already in contact with the personality? Um, there was a project I did in, uh, in Coronado, California, quite a few years ago that involved some television personalities, uh, like um, see the actress who played uh, Alice on the TV show um, Linda Lavin, and also oh, yeah. yeah, and and Esther Roll, who played uh, the mom on Good Times. So, the, these actors or celebrities, they were already involved by another producer, and I was basically hired to come in and, and photograph them or record them in some way. That's how a lot of these happen, is that I'm, I'm basically hired by a producer who was already contracted or has, has hired these celebrities to participate in whatever the project is.
3: Okay.
0: Um, our second question is, what is it like to actually go on a ghost hunt?
4: It is a trip. It is, um, it's a lot of fun because you, you don't always, you're not always going to find, um, you know, paranormal energies. It's not like ghost adventures. It's not like the dead files where you're always and every time you see something or you record something. There are been plenty of times where I've been at a location and there's been very little activity. Um, and the other times where the activity won't stop. So it's, it kind of depends on the location of what you're investigating and, and just some of its history and just some of the energies that are there and, and, you know, why some of these energies are persisting. So the ghost hunts are really very fun. It's not something I, I would suggest you do by yourself. It's, it tends to be better when you're in groups of people because members of the group are doing different things. Some of them are filming, some of them are doing uh, EVP recordings, some of them are measuring uh, electromagnetic energies. So you definitely want to have multiple people there because they're doing different functions, but they're an awful lot of fun.
0: So it sounds like a really cool team
4: effort. Very much so. Very much so. And then there's also safety in numbers. Because you don't always know what some of these energies might do to you or try to do to you. So, they're not always exactly. friendly. Yeah, they're not always friendly.
0: All right. Our third question is, did you finish the project in Virginia City, Nevada? I have not. That's,
4: that's um, as, a, as a long-form documentary. And this is what they're uh, referring to in this case is a documentary on the team that I am involved in called Thin Veil Investigators. And this has been a project that's been going on for a little over a year now, and uh, it will be finished at some point. Um, I actually have had a, a little bit of a writer's block on doing some of it, but, um, and it also involves a collection of investigations. It's not just a single investigation, so it's going to be multiple parts, and, but it's definitely in progress. I do not have a completion date, but it has not been completed yet.
0: How would I get started in video production?
4: Hmm. Well, in this day and age, it's much easier than when I started. Um, you can take when you can take a Samsung Galaxy phone and shoot 4K video or something that's you know at least high definition, and it looks really really good. You basically have a lot of the. Everyday basic tools that I would have salivated over as (laughs) as a younger person. Um, So I mean, the technology is certainly there, and it's very pervasive, and it's very available, and it's very cheap now. So if you have a good story and you've got some creative ideas and a collection of friends, you you just start you know telling stories, and you also have an easy way of distributing things now with YouTube and Vimeo and all of these video delivery platforms. What you do complete. It's really easy to get out and make it public and get a following. Um, so,
1: Steve, we've got about 10 seconds to go here, but it sounds like digital has really changed a lot.
4: Oh, it's 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 turned the filmmaking upside down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that might be something if you're so willing to come back and talk about a little bit. We've got a bunch more questions for you. We're just out of time. This is Bill Sickens. Steve, thank you. User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. After that great Q&A with Steve, he brings us another interview. Joining us on location now, Steve, with guest Joe Ness. Welcome. Well, thanks, guys. I am on location
4: with a wonderful cinematographer that I came to know while working as an AV technician here at the Pepper Mill in Northern Nevada. His name is Joe Ness, and he has equipment that I would probably kill for. Joe, welcome to User-Friendly. Well, thanks, Steve. So uh, it's been a couple of years since uh, you and I have talked, but something I've always appreciated about you is your ability to go out and travel the world because you've traveled like all seven continents, right? That's right. right. Yeah, okay. I have. Yep. And if you've never been to the pepper mill, folks, you really need to make a trip because they have these incredible video walls that display images that have captured landscapes and incredible imagery literally all over the globe. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about some of your travels and some of the experiences you've had.
5: Oh, boy. Uh, This last 10 years has been a whirlwind. I mean, we've traveled all seven continents, like you said um from um you know Mount Everest base camp to underwater in the Great Barrier Reef I love the underwater stuff. Oh thank you. And to you know to uh you know uh, the, the Ganges River uh, Varanasi and we've captured these uh, images where I take my um 8K <laughs> camera which is like 17 times the pixel of HD yep. and we lock it down and, and the, the key, Steve, is we lock these shots down. We frame them like a photograph, right? Yes, yes. And, but yet we always try to capture little motion, little motion of of of, of the world. And we c- capture these little moments in time. Now, a photograph is an instant in time. And I'd like to call windows of the world moments in okay, time. Okay, very good. And um, it became this intriguing um uh, amenity to the, the pepper mill here and and uh uh we've invested over 35 million dollars oh in God. screens and <laughs> and then of course also into the uh the cameras and all that stuff yes. and, and we've created a library of over ten thousand
4: amazing uh,
5: uh, uh shots that uh that sort of capture what this world looks and feels like right now. It
4: really does. It it's an amazing eyeful. Very it's very rich, incredibly pitch, picturesque. It really in a lot of ways it, it sets the peppermill apart visually from any other resort resort I've ever been to. And you mentioned something just a few moments ago. You mentioned a Windows of the World. And that is a project that you've that's kind of evolved out of your adventures, capturing these picturesque views. So Windows of the World is actually a television project that you've had in development for a while. Well, Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm excited uh, to be working with an executive producer. whose name is Steve Duvall. And not only uh, is he an executive producer of television, um, but he's one of my best friends. And he yes. has traveled with me all over the world okay. for the last... Uh, three or four years um to uh, exotic locations like bora bora and greenland and fiji and yeah. all over south america galapagos islands and he's mic'd me up okay and um he has uh captured what i do on film in sort of the behind the scenes okay. uh uh aspect and, and so um and steve duvall has been uh, in reality television um you know uh for
4: when, a, i know he's done things like the amazing race he's done uh a, i know he's actually has a project right now that's airing through disney plus if i'm not mistaken
5: that's right he, he he uh is the executive producer of a, a show called uh, uh it's a dog's life with bill okay. Bill farmer bill farmer being the voice, the voice of, of Goofy, of Goofy yeah, right? for 35 years and um, he came to me um, um, a few years ago and thought what I did was so interesting and intriguing. Definitely. And so we were able to have enough budget for him to follow me along with uh, cameras and uh, sound guys. And we were able to uh, capture all kinds of intimate images uh, and moments of of me filming from Tenement Square and wow. the craziness that it wow and the stress that it actually is to <laughs> shoot this stuff. And yeah. honestly, it's not as easy as you think. What I try to do is make these pictures look beautiful and easy, but um, it'll
4: be a very hard trek. It is, yeah, because you're dealing with, I mean, this, these aren't small cameras, no, no, you're, you have, you basically are traveling with like caravans people helping you tote the equipment everywhere you go
5: it is i mean we uh let me tell you we we sh- for instance we shot um um mountain gorillas up in um uh, rwanda and um we literally it was an amazing attract first of all we had to spend um upwards of fifty thousand dollars just to get the permits to Yikes. film these oh my gosh and i have a uh a lens by the way that that costs more than a land rover and 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 so we we are on our way to rwanda the uh uh we're in um um nairobi kenya okay Okay. and uh, in the airport they said that we cannot take your batteries even though we've traveled you know dozens and dozens and dozens hundreds of times we had someone who didn't understand it, but we didn't, th- we didn't think we were going to make it because Uh-oh. our batteries wouldn't show up and you can't film without batteries. Of course. After a bunch of argument and everything, we finally were able to convince them to send the batteries on the next flight. We finally got to Rwanda. We got into the uh, airport. We drove. We, we, we went on our first trek. And we started shooting and we got the most amazing footage you can ever believe. And and so there's, but there's always this stress of, of what can and can't happen. That's,
4: yeah. And Especially when you're going to foreign countries. E-
5: yes. And, I, and, and, uh, let me tell you the, the, Quality of the imagery that is expected from us is of National Geographic quality. Yes.
4: Well, it looks like a National Geographic yeah,
5: footage. Yeah, and, and, we, and we have to get that footage. And we pay, yeah. a, or the owners of, of the Peppermill pay a lot of money for us to get that. So the stress is there. And so the television show that Steve Duvall's putting together captures that stress and the joy <laughs> in getting, getting it. And also, we get into a little bit of the technical stuff, Steve. We right. talk about what I look for. Um, in an image light and then also like certain settings and then and then what uh another aspect of the show is um is uh giving tips we have a the, the a tip of the day sure. uh, for each episode okay. and, and and like of how to do something how yeah to shoot yeah how something? to do uh, yeah or or just even even a theory okay and one of my th- theories you may be interested is you know you know, with people, you know, there's with cell phones, you know, the cameras have gotten so good. The yes. cell phone cameras have gotten so good that now everyone's a photographer, of right? Yeah. Well, and, and that's in some ways a good thing. 90% if not 98% of the photos that people take with their cell phones are of themselves. Okay. They're selfies. And what I'm trying, one of the tips that I try to tell everybody is take that cell phone and turn it away from yourself and shoot what's in the world and hold it steady, right? and do a little shot of Windows of the World, and you'll find that you'll enjoy and treasure that picture more than you do of the pictures that you shoot of yourself.
4: Well, yeah, and I, something that I'm always trying to teach people is when you're shooting video with your camera, don't do it in portrait mode. <laughs>
5: right? No kidding. <laughs> yeah, do exactly. landscape. Yeah. Like, if you use <laughs> right. your TV, it's
4: right. 16 by 9. So true. Oh, so true. Well, Joe, it's yeah. been really fun catching up too. And folks, make your way out to the pepper mill and see some of the incredible imagery that Joe Ness has captured over the years. And I'm hoping that Windows of the world makes it to some kind of delivery platform soon. It was it been fun catching up with you.
5: Well, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. I would
4: appreciate you. Uh, Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. This is user friendly 2.0. We'll
1: be back after the break. Welcome back. Great show this week. I would love to travel the world and take beautiful pictures.
3: Sure. Yeah, I mean, that right. does
1: seem like a dream job, as long as you like to travel and as long mm-hmm. as you're reasonably good at photography. Yeah. yeah. Those are important aspects. <laughs> so it's, you know, definitely, definitely something to consider. Hey, a warning to all of your parents, something to listen up to that they've been having problems with. The popular app TikTok has had some problems that people are posting videos of themselves committing suicide. And once that's video has been shared and they're having some difficulty getting it off of the platform and children are seeing this. Ew. It's yep. a video that was originally streamed on Facebook and they were more or less successful in getting it, getting it off the platform, but has been reshared and is scaring to death. It is very important to know what your child is looking at on the internet because some of these things, despite the best intentions with the algorithms and automatic content tracing and all the different things they do, it still can happen and it can still be out there. So just be aware of these things, know what's going on, know what your child is looking at, and know that with these social media platforms, there's always the chance that something will slip by. So on the topic with social media and mobility and that different type of thing, we have our Tech Wednesday. This comes out every week on theanswerportland.com. Just go to the website and click on Tech Wednesday. We make it real easy for you. And we go in depth on technical topics every week. And This last week was What's Up with Apple and Developers. We've talked a little bit about Fortnite and lawsuits, and now Apple is countersuing Fortnite for violating their terms. Do you consider this type of thing to be a monopoly? Would you like to be able to get software for your phone someplace other than the Apple Store or a Play Store on on Google? You can on Google, but Apple has it completely locked down. What do you think?
2: I don't know. I've never really liked Apple, unfortunately. (laughs) It's always been a problem I've had personally. I mean, I'm sure their tech is great and all that stuff, but the idea that you can only get stuff only through Apple. And I remember when we were doing an app, we tried to get something through Apple and it took forever because they just were either really busy or weren't interested in our app.
1: Yeah, You have two different attitudes that uh, play out with Google and Apple. Apple vets everything. they Mm -hmm. want to look at it. And what you're talking about is if they get behind or it's something that doesn't meet some qualification, your app can get delayed or rejected. And that standard is sometimes subjective. Google uh-huh. tends to go the other way, and you can post whatever you want, and if someone complains, then they'll look at it. And Google also doesn't lock it down as much. It is actually possible on an Android phone to install software from another location than just the Play Store. But in this particular set of circumstances, it's coming out and something that is really creating a lot of problems. Well, again, we talked about a little earlier in the show, 49 days to Halloween, and we want to see your mm-hmm. costume pictures as you start putting them together. What do you think of that, Gretchen? Gretchen?
0: Yeah, I think it'd be a cool idea.
1: I want to see
2: stuff. I want to see cool pictures. I want to see costumes. I want to see the stuff that you guys make. I
1: want to see it. So what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is get a link up on our website to submit them, but you can already do it at social media. Respond to any of our posts, send them up that way, and we will get them out there. This is User Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge.
2: User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts, and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc., or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at theanswerportland.com or UserFriendlyShow.com.